Today's daf is Yud Gimel in Masechet Rosh Hashanah. We are on Yud Gimel Amud Aleph. We are seven lines down <coughs> from the top of the Amud at the last word. Amar le Rabbi Yirmiya, the Rabbi Zera, where it says Rabbi Yirmiya said to Rabbi Zera. We said that anything that's reached one-third of its growth on the previous year uh, is counted as being uh, related to that year. And anything that was less than a third of its growth, so it's counted as being part of the new year. So he asked him, do the rabbis really, can they really tell the difference so exactly between a third and a, less than a third? So didn't I tell you, don't go outside of the framework of the halacha. Meaning either to say that, uh, basically meaning to say that the way the halacha works is that you don't, um, you have to look at it as a system that is uh, very precise and follows uh, clear cutoff lines and f- clear uh, deadlines and three- clear definitions. And sometimes you think that uh, these definitions are overly exact, one third, less than a third. But uh, that's the way the halacha works. Kol midot chachamim kenu. All of the measurements of the chachamim are the same way. In other words, that uh, just like they said that uh, a third of the uh, of the tvu'ah a third of the, um, uh, you know, that, that if, you're, if you're harvesting something by Sukkot, that means that it was a third complete by the, the, b- before Rosh Hashanah. So they, they're exact in that. That cutoff is an exact thing. And similarly, uh, right, when it comes to uh, the 40 sa'ah of water in a mikveh, if it's even a tiny bit, so the same thing that uh, when it comes to a mikveh, the measurement is exact, and if it's even a tiny bit less than that, then it's uh, no longer effective. Similarly, the volume of an egg is the amount that uh, is relevant for the tumah foods, and even. If it's less than a uh, than that by a sesame seed, in other words, the tiniest amount, then it no longer is subject to the laws of tomato chalin, the food tumah. Shoshal stosha metamei midras three by three tfachim is the measurement for the tumah midras of sitting uh, or uh, you know or leaning sitting certain types of tumot that are transmitted by the weight of the tamei person being on the item. But if it's a, uh, a cloth that is, let's say, uh, one string less than three by three, then it's uh, nothing anymore. Right? You know, I mean, it's nothing for the, with respect to mitamei midras. They know mitamei midras. So the point is that all of the shirim of the chachamim are very, very exact. And, uh, and they always have these very clear cutoff lines. And when they say by Sukkot, anything that is uh, harvested by Sukkot must have been at least a third grown by Rosh Hashanah. That's an exact line in the sand that they set. Meaning any time before that would not be that way, any time after that would not be that way. It's a very precise. I realized afterwards that my whole question was wrong. The fact that I questioned the measurement of the one-third. Why? Because the, the colleagues, the scholars, the question, where did the Jewish people get the Omer that they brought when they first came to Eretz Yisrael? If you're going to tell me that when they came to Eretz Yisrael, remember they came to Eretz Yisrael right before Pesach. They came to Eretz Yisrael on the 10th of Nisan, right before Pesach. They didn't have time to plant or harvest anything, so they might have, must have been taking what was already there. So if you're going to say that it was that which grew with the non-Jewish control, meaning what grew with the Kena'anim before they arrived, so it says that it has to be your harvest. In other words, in order to count for the Tzirat Omer, for the Mitzvah of the Omer, it has to be the... Um, 
harvest of the uh, of the Jews when they came, and that would not be the case if it was already set and was already uh, grown when they got there, right? So then the question, the Gemara asked the question, but how do you know that they brought a korban omer at all? Maybe that year they didn't because they had not yet planted and they had not yet harvested. Can't be true. Because it says in the Pasuk that the day after Pesach, they began eating from the new grain, and before that they didn't eat from the new grain, which means which means that they brought the korban omer and then they ate. Right, so that's what the uh, the Gemara understands that from the fact that it says that on the right after Pesach, meaning on the second day of Pesach, they started eating the new grain because they brought the Omer. They must have brought the Kobana Omer, which is made of barley, from something that grew under Jewish auspices because it can't be something that was grown by non-Jews. So how could it be? So Mechan Hikrivo. So where did they get it from? So he said to them, They took things that had not grown to a third of their growth while they were in the hands of the non-Jew, and then the Jews came in. It became theirs, and it, and it achieved a third of its growth under Jewish ownership. But how do you know that? In other words, maybe what happened was that it really grew up to a third, and they wouldn't realize it. How would they know? So you see that they must have been able to tell the difference. In other words, they were able to discern whether there was a less than a third of growth when they arrived, and now there was a third, or whether things, certain things had already grown a third or more before they arrived and before they took possession, and those grew under the auspices of non-Jews, and they wouldn't have been able to be used for the Kobana Omer. So they must have been able to tell, says Rabbi Yirmiyah, right? So are you going to say that... So, so then the Gemara says, wait a second, but... Um, uh, uh, so it says, But maybe that was because it hadn't grown at all. In other words, the reason they could tell the difference between what grew under Jewish auspices and what grew under non-Jewish was because it hadn't grown at all and it just started growing when the Jews got there. And that's how they knew that it was good for the Omer of But where it had already grown a quarter, but maybe if it had already started growing a quarter, they wouldn't have been able to tell exactly when it got to a third or not. They couldn't have told exactly how much it grew under the Jewish auspices. That couldn't be true. Because the Jewish people arrived in Eretz Israel on the 10th of Nisan. If we're talking about something that had not even begun to sprout yet, is it possible that it would already be grown enough to be able to be used, harvested for the Kobana Omer just five days later? That doesn't make any sense. Obviously, we must be dealing with we're talking about something that grew a fourth or a sixth, and they knew that it grew up to a third after they had arrived in Israel and it belonged to them, and that's why they were able to use it as the Kobana Omer. But even if you're going to say, let's go back to the, the objection before, I mean, even if you're going to say that it was already a quarter or a sixth grown, is it really possible to go from a quarter or a sixth grown all the way up to a third grown in just five days? That's also not possible. The, the Torah calls, or the Navi calls, Eretz Israel, Eretz Tzvi. It really means a beautiful land. But it's saying Tzvi meaning a deer, very fast. In other words, it grows very fast. So if things grow very, very fast in Eretz Israel, then that means that there's, it's conceivable, not that they were able to tell the difference between something that was only a quarter grown and is now a third grown five days later, not that. But that they were able to, but that there were certain things that weren't grown at all and grew super fast and they knew that those things hadn't sprouted at all when they got to Eretz Israel and those were the things that they used for the Korban Omer. Could be that they can't really tell the difference between a quarter and a third, but they could tell the difference between something that was not grown at all and something that was. Now, of course, there's a very interesting thing I have to mention here. We're not going to go into it, 
But there is a Tosafot here, Da'akrivo Omer Vada'achul, which is, um, which is a, uh, to me, a very, very special Tosafot, because it is a Tosafot that Rabbi Avraham Ibn Ezra appears in. That, that it's known that the Ibn Ezra actually met Rabbi Nutam and had a whole, uh, visited with him. And they had a discussion. One of the discussions they had was about the Pasuk in Yeshua that says that they ate from the grain of the land Mimachuat Pesach, a day after Pesach. And as Ibn Ezra pointed out to Rabbi Notam, Mimachuat Pesach in the Tanakh doesn't really mean the second day of Passover, meaning the second day of the holiday, which is the day that the Omer is brought. Usually Mimachuat Pesach, Pesach in the Torah is the day that the Korban Pesach is brought, which is actually what we call today Erev Pesach. So, so Mimachuat Pesach would actually mean the first day of Yom Tov, not the day that the Omer was brought. The Ibn Ezra asked him this. Rabbeinu Tam had a response to it. A long discussion there that, um, that is brought. And the Ibn Ezra actually mentions this problem also in his commentary on the Torah. We're not going to go into that Tosafot right now, but it's a fascinating Tosafot for historical reasons because it mentions the meeting between Ibn Ezra and Rabbeinu Tam and also for Parshanut um, reasons in terms of understanding the Pshutosh al Mikra, the, the simple meaning of the psukim versus the way that the rabbis uh, developed their drashot, which of course, of course, with respect to halacha, we follow the way that the rabbis interpret, but with respect to understanding the psukim, it's important to realize that sometimes that's not the simple pshat of the pasuk. Now, Matkivla, Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina said, this whole thing is based on false premises because the whole basis of this whole discussion was that anything that's, that you harvest on the, uh, uh, by Sukkot is something that was already a third grown during the previous year. And therefore, um, that means that anything you're harvesting up to Sukkot is really shayach, is really relevant to the previous year, whatever the status of the previous year was. If it was a Shemitah year, it will also be Shemitah produce and so on. But that's based on the idea that the word Asif means Katsir. The idea of gathering means harvesting, but that's not true. But that's not true because it says when you gather from your threshing floor, and from your wine press, it says that we're talking about, it's not an extra word, but it's not extra that it called it Chag Asif, it called it the holiday of the gathering. And then it said, when you gather from your threshing floor and your wine floor, because what we learned was that what it's teaching you is Halachav Sukkot, that you're supposed to use the leftover from the threshing floor and from the wine press. In other words, those things that are the leaves and the branches and stuff like that, you're supposed to use those for schach. We learn a drasha from that. So it's, it doesn't mean katsir. It's not saying anything about that the things that are harvested up to Sukkot are really considered to be related to the previous year because they must have grown a third the previous year. That's not true. It's telling you actually halacha about sukkah that pasuk, not telling you halacha about the status of grain that is harvested from the, that's from the previous year that's harvested up to Sukkot of the New Year. That's not what it's talking about. So, the, so, so, we thought that we had this down, that we had this idea that anything that you harvest up to Sukkot is really considered to have been grown up to a third in the previous year. And Rabbi Hanina came and threw an axe into it. In other words, like we say today, he threw a wrench into it. He messed up our, our logic, because now we can't use that pasuk anymore to show what we wanted to show. We wanted to show that if something's grown up to a third in the previous year, then it is uh, connected to that year. And now we can't show it because we realize that the pasuk talking about Sukkot is not talking about the status of grain that's harvested by Sukkot. It's talking about something totally different. Ela, minala. So where do we have the idea that growing up to a third means that it is attached to that year. The, the year in which it grows its first third is the year that that produce is identified with. Where do we get that from? We learned in a It's actually talking about um, how the people would be worried. What are they going to eat for the when they have a Shemitah and then they can't eat and they can't eat the seventh year. They can't plant the seventh year and then what about the eighth year and so on. 
And what about when there's a yovel? What are they going to do then? Right? So it says that the, 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 uh, there's going to be enough for three years. But they make a drush out of that. And they say that Don't read it as It's telling you a drasha that um, when something is a third, it's considered it's considered that it's made, that it's finished, because it reached a third of its growth. But don't we need that pasuk for its own teaching? Because we don't need it for itself, because it already said in the Torah that you're going to wait until the eighth year to uh, plant, and then you're going to be able to eat all the way until the ninth year. In other words, when you have a Shemitah year, so therefore you cannot do anything during the seventh year, and, you, and, and really the eighth year is also going to be nothing there because you couldn't plant during the seventh year, so you, have, you can't do any normal agricultural activity during the seventh year, and then during the eighth year also you, there's nothing to harvest because you couldn't plant during the seventh year, so by the ninth year you're going to be okay. Right, so it mentions that. So it doesn't need the word lishlosh hashanim because that was already implied because the Torah said that you'll be okay all the way till the ninth year. So, um, so therefore, uh, because you'll be able to plant during the eighth year, you'll be good till the ninth. So therefore, the word lishlosh hashanim is extra, and we learn it to mean shalish, which means that when something reaches a third of its growth, at that point, um, we say that it is uh, uh, that it is uh, you know fully grown. In that year, the year that it reaches its third. Rice and millet and, uh, and uh, a poppy and sesame. If they took root before Rosh Hashanah, then uh, they are, we, we base their ma'aser obligation on the past, meaning on whenever they took root. And they're permitted on Shvi'it, meaning if they took root before Shvi'it, so they're permitted on Shvi'it, Vimlav, Asurim B'Shvi'it. If they didn't take root before and the new year is a Shemitah, so then they're going to be prohibited with Asurim Shanaba, and whatever Maser it is is going to be for the upcoming year. In other words, whenever it took root is how we're going to define it. So if it took root before Rosh Hashanah, and then the previous year defines its status, and if it took root afterwards, then the upcoming year is going to define its status. With regard to these items, we are using the, uh, these are kitniot, basically, legumes. We use the, the taking root as the, uh, as the measurement of uh, when it is considered to be, um, you know, the, the, defining, uh, the defining year of its growth for all the obligations that go, that it have to be applied to it. So now, the rabbi said, when it comes to trees, we go by the forming of the fruit. When the fruit starts to blossom and uh, emerge, that's when we, that's how we define the, um, the, the fruit's uh, year, what year that fruit is connected to. When it comes to grain or olives, we go by a third of their growth. When it comes to vegetables, we go by when you pick it. Okay. So then what about these things, these legumes? They don't fall into any of this. They are not, it's not when it sprouts. It's not when it reaches a third. And it's not when you pick it. It's when it takes root. So where did they get this from? So uh, since these are items that don't ripen all at once, they ripen uh, in stages. So therefore... Um, we and they're not collected all at one time. They don't emerge all at one time. They don't mature all at one time, and they don't. They're not collected all at one time. So therefore, they went by the thing that they all have in common, which is when they take root. 
And that's why they defined it by, defined it by the taking root. Why do you have to do that and go? Why do you have to make something to make everything equal and say, you know, we're just going to go by when it takes root? Don't do that. Just collect it as it grows. Put it all in one big room. Mix it all together. Whatever was considered from the last year will be from the last year. Whatever was considered from this year will be this year. And when you take your chuman, your maser, etc., you just have in mind that whatever is uh, I'm taking that's from the new is, is covering for the new. And whatever I'm taking that's from the old is covering from the old. I'll just mix it all together. Why do I have to say that there's one time, the time that it took root, that's going to define the, the status of the entire batch? No, we don't have to say that. We can actually say that the collection defines the status. But... Uh, and we don't collect it all at once. That's okay. But what we do is we put it all in one big, uh, we put it all together in the end and we mix it together and we take one Tuman Maser on everything. Okay, so is that, so then it says, Milatani, didn't we learn in the bright? Rabbi Yossi ben Kepar, Amar. Rabbi Yossi ben Kepar said, Amar, Mishum Rabbi Shimon Shizuri. In the name of Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, Pola Mitzri, Shalot Zera. If a person put the Egyptian bean um, in, he, he planted it for Zera. He planted it for the seeds. Now that means because he planted it for the seeds, um, it's considered, because sometimes you would plant it as a vegetable and if you planted it as a vegetable, so then it's just going to go by whenever you, uh, whenever you pick it. But when you plant it in order to eat the seeds, so now it becomes like a legume. A legume is something that you eat the seeds. So it's going to be considered like a legume now. And the rule is that if some of it took root before Rosh Hashanah and some of it after, you can't take for the new, from the New Year stuff on the old years or vice versa. So therefore, you can't do on, for the old on the new or for the new on, with the old. So what do you do? In other words, the easiest solution is instead of worrying about when you picked each individual patch of, um, of these beans, what you do is you just put it all together in a big pile and then you mix it all together and you take out a portion and say this is the Tuma. Whatever that's in it is from the new is covering for the new. Whatever that's in it for the old is covering for the old. And the same with Ma'asir and so on. You're mentioning Rabbi Shem Shizuri. In other words, Abaye was saying, why can't we do the same thing with the rice and the millet and so on, just to combine them all together instead of having to go by the common denominator that they have of when they took root, just to go by when they're picked and just, you know, but mix them all together and do it at once so you don't have to really keep track. It says only Rabbi Shimon Shizuri says you can do that because Rabbi Shimon Shizuri is of the opinion that you can mix everything together and then just satisfy your obligation in one shot. But the rabbis say you can't do that. And if according to the rabbis you can't do that, then you're going to have to keep track of when you picked each section of the rice field. That's going to be too complicated. It's better just to go by the time that they took root. Now, I'm going to be talking about Shmuel, Allah Chakub Yosef ben Kepar, Shamar Shemun Shizuri. The Allah Chakub follows Rabbi Yosef ben Kepar that said in the name of Rabbi Shemun Shizuri, which means that we're following the idea that you can actually mix them all together. How could Shmuel possibly have said that? Shmuel himself said that we don't mix things together and then take satisfy our obligations from multiple years with one separation. We don't do that. Only with wine and oil, where it's liquid, we do that. But with solids, we don't do that. So how could Shmuel have ever said that the Lacha follows Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, who's talking over there about about um, 
beans, how could he possibly agree with that when he said that the only time you can use that kind of a strategy is with liquid where it actually gets mixed together into one entity, but not when it's solids. The answer is that he had forgotten, Rabbi Zerah forgot what what Shmuel said, that everything goes after the period, everything goes after the completion of the fruit. As she says, even when it comes to kidneyot, when it comes to the legumes, he doesn't follow the taking root. In other words, Shmuel is not saying I agree with Rabbi Shimon Shizuri because I say that we can just put everything together in one pile and call it a day and say that it's all equal. No, really I hold that you're only allowed to take from the new on the new and from the old on the old. But this is all new. Why? Because even though some of it took root before Rosh Hashanah and some of it took root after Rosh Hashanah, I only look at when did it fully ripen. And all of it definitely fully ripened only after Rosh Hashanah. If you did some of the planting took root before Rosh Hashanah and some after, then for sure nothing fully reached its completion and maturity till after Rosh Hashanah. And that's what sets them all equal. And that's why you can combine them all. Not because you're really combining things of different years, because the definition of the year is the Gemar Puri, the finishing of the fruit. Now we move to Yudalit Amud Alef Utsucha. And you need these statements, three statements of Shmuel. First of all, that he said that Second, that he said that you can't mix things together of different years and say that they're all going to be like uh, become um, homogeneous from that. And that he said that we just follow the completion of the fruit. You need all these teachings. Why? Because if you just said that you might have thought that was because Shmuel says that you can mix things together from different years and just then say that it's all uniform and then just take some out of it and say it's covering for both years. Shmuel says you can't do that. So then you would say that, well, if Shmuel says that you can't mix things together and then say it's all one homogeneous entity that we can now take from, so then maybe you hold like the rabbis that you have to keep track and say that some of this bean is from previous year and some of it's from the new year. Right? So therefore he had to come along and tell you that no, practically speaking, because of a different reason though. If we had just these two halachot, then we would think Shmuel is in a contradiction because on one hand he's saying that mixture of things from different years doesn't work to blend them together, but on the other hand he's saying the halacha follows Rabbi Shimon Shizuri who basically says you can take things from different years and tie them together. Therefore, he has to come and tell you that the reason why I happen to agree with Rabbi Shimon Shizuri is not because I agree with him that you can mix things together like that, but because I'm only looking at the end game. I'm just seeing whenever these things become complete, that's when their year is. And since they all become complete in the second of the years, not in the beginning when they just when some of them took root, but at the end. So therefore, that's the year that they're all going to be defined by, not the previous year at all. That's why you're allowed to take tithes on all of them together because all of them had the same finish line. It doesn't matter what the beginning was. So if we said that everything goes by the completion of the fruit when it reaches its complete maturity, so then you might have thought that even with regard to uh, grain and, and olives, it's the same. That's why he comes and says the halacha follows Rabbi Shimon Shizuri only in the thing that he's arguing about, which is the legumes. That's where I, I hold this, that you can that we go by the completion of the pre. Right? But not when it comes to um, when it comes to grain and when it comes to olives, because there we go by a third, when it grows to a third, not when it's complete, right?
as we've learned before, right? Right. So, uh, so why can't it just tell us that lakol en bila? So, right. In other words, if we already have um, so lamali, right? Hakamashmalan de la yain v'shemin yesh bila. In other words, once we have the halacha. That number one, when it comes to legumes, we follow the idea of Rabbi Shimon Shizuri, not because we agree with him, but because we go by the end of the pre, when the pre becomes complete, right? And since we know that he said that, uh, uh, you know, only in the, in the area of legumes, right? In other areas, he says that we follow the, the, um, the, uh, the one-third rule. Why does he have to mention en bilad, that there's no mixing? Because he meant there's no mixing. In other words, in the area that the others were talking about, there's no bilad. You can't just mix things together. But when it comes to liquids, oil and wine, there, there is bilad. You can mix something from last year with this year and then just take one tithe and say, Whatever is representing last year, I'm taking out. Whatever is representing this year, I'm taking out. And Shalom al it will all work out that way, according to Shmuel. And that is where the Gemara concludes this part of the discussion.